0: back to the Stick 'Em Up Podcast, Brundi, How are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. Yourself? It's been good. It's been it's been good as of late. Oh, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Um, what do we want to start off with? What what hockey news is most relevant for us to start with? Um, I figure we should be pro- we'll, uh, Happy, sad. Which way do we want? To, we'll probably, which way do we want to go? Imagine. Uh, uh, as to not create uh, too much of a wave in the middle we'll, we'll get the, the heavy stuff out of the way first alright that yeah, it seems, it's a good call um, do you want to break it down or uh, I guess uh, I'll, I'll do one, you do the other can't believe there's two since we've done the last episode yeah. well and but, one uh, just as of an hour ago So yeah. or two hours ago just recently yeah, very recently came out. Uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, announcing legend Rick Jennerette, uh passed away earlier today as of recording. Uh, absolutely tragic. Dude was one of the most iconic voices in hockey, and he had like just retired, I believe it was, last see- offseason. So uh, that's, that really sucks. As- right when Buffalo's getting good, too. Like... That that sucks. That he's not going to be able to see how good this team is going to get in as soon as next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, you know, dedicated. Well, I mean, whatever you want to put it, pretty much all his time into the Buffalo uh, Sabres organization for years and whatnot, and especially through a lot of hard times and whatnot. And yeah, like there's you know, there's, there's not a whole lot to say. It's, it's just a really tough time for, for Buffalo. It's a, you know, a legend of their franchise. It's, you know, even though he wasn't currently a part of the organization, you know, he was always going to be, um, so it's just a huge blow for the organization and, and, and the city of Buffalo entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts out to his, uh, uh, close family at, uh, Really is tragic, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the other one, um, Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Rodion Amirov passed away um, a couple of days ago due to uh, the complications of um, uh, what was it, a brain tumor he had? Yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure on the specifics, but uh, I just know that he it was due to the brain tumor that he was diagnosed with, I believe yeah. around two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, not, not that, uh, you know, not super long after he was drafted 15th overall by the Maple Leafs, he was, um, you know, diagnosed with, with this news. Um, you know, he still remained kept, kept like from what everybody's been saying, he still kept a positive attitude. Um, you know the whole time was still committed and you know had the the dream and hope of uh you know making the maple Leafs and being part of their team next year um you know just just super sad uh, a great young player gone way too soon and you know he, he, like yeah. he, it's more like and we talked about the other day you know we said it's more than um you know, this is bigger than just talking. Like, this is a, a life of a, a young man who um, still has his whole life ahead of him. But, like, he, like, you know, I think a lot of people had him pegged to be a starter for the Maple Leafs next year. Just, this, he had so much skill and talent. Um, he didn't play last year um, over in the KHL just due to, you know, everything kind of going on. Um, but, I just it's just tough yeah, it's... You, you never like seeing stuff like this and you know you always want to see these young guys you know overcome these just terrible obstacles they're set up with and you know it, it's just tough to see when it you know you don't get the um the the right result or you know the happy ending sometimes things just go this way and it's it's an unfortunate uh, part of life really yeah, it's, it's absolutely brutal. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, constantly online from what I know or anything like that. But uh, every once in a while, he would give an update. And uh, every single time, uh, it was, whether it was his condition has stayed the same, improved or gotten worse, uh, it was always, uh, this is, if it was bad news, it was always a, uh, this is a minor setback. And it was always a, uh, when I get better, not if. Uh, so yeah, it's, Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, whenever somebody's uh, ill in that way, it's, uh you you know, it's always it always feels good to see them keep a positive attitude, and it seems like he never lost that. And so it uh, it really yeah. is a tragic scenario. And that tells you a lot about a guy, right there. You know, going through something like this and just constantly being able to you know keep a positive attitude, positive outlook on life, and all that like that that just tells you all you need to know about the the guy. And exactly. it's just a, you know, just a huge loss for the entire hockey world in general. Yeah. Not, not to mention getting diagnosed with something as severe as a brain tumor, uh, during like while COVID's going on or, uh, at the very least in a post COVID world, like it's, uh, yeah. that's, it, it would be very easy to, you know, fall into uh, some sort of depression or just, you know, be down on yourself about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah exactly the, uh, right. you never seem to fall victim to that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, really too bad. And again, thoughts thoughts are with uh, Rodion's family. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, I mean, that's that's the tough news to kind of just get out of the way. Um, now we just got to try and build, <laughs> build back yeah. some of the energy and. Um, yeah, I think it, though, it's all this often episode to get the, that kind of stuff out of the way at the start, and you know, address address it first because even if it is a bit somber news it's it's kind of regardless of what goes on in the league it's always the biggest news like yeah. that like you said it transcends the sport yeah exactly right um so other news um last episode we we kind of teased that we are going to go through um that list by uh that kind of poll by fans for the top goalies and whatnot. Um, I think we're kind of going to go back more to that towards the tail end of this once we kind of um, rattle through some of the other major news. There's not a whole lot of major news really going on in the league at this time. Um, We got a few here. Um, I believe it just came out today, if I'm not mistaken, um, that Jonathan Tave said he is going to take off. Uh, He's going to, he's not retiring, but he's taking this upcoming season off from hockey. Or at least did from he say in the NHL season, or did he just say sometime? He he's taking this entire um, upcoming season off, um, and he said his hope is and plan is to return to the league the following year. Um, so the 2024-25 season is when he's yeah. aiming to to get back into the NHL and um, find find another team to to sign with and and play with moving forward. Yeah, and. Uh... I do believe he cited um, long COVID as part of a reason for that, that he's been, yeah. you know, he's been really struggling with that uh, the past season or two. And, well, uh, and I mean, trying to be an elite athlete, having yeah. your your lungs and your respiratory system hampered, like that's, that's got to make it so much harder. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of, of long-term COVID, the next... Um thing I want to transition to for news was Brandon Sutter is um, making a return to the NHL after taking two years off due to long-term COVID issues. Um, he's signing a trial contract with the Edmonton Oilers in hopes of, you know, landing a, a real contract and, and getting back into the league. And the, you know, that, that's awesome to see him, you know, because again, the, the, you know, the symptoms and severities of long-term COVID can really do a number on a player. And so to see him, um, you know, make that journey back to the NHL, get an opportunity. And not only that, he can be a very, very effective bottom six player for the Oilers. Um, You know, if things go right during training camp and preseason, he could, you know, be a great addition for the Oilers, probably making league minimum um, and whatnot. But, like, that that would be, you know, awesome to see, you know, um, Sutter get back into the league, not only that, but seeing what he can bring to the Oilers who are desperate for, you know, that strong depth. Yeah, uh, we definitely saw that in the past, this past off season, or this past postseason, rather. Uh, they sorely need uh, depth that can keep up. Like when you have Seidel scoring, what was it, 13 goals in 12 games or, or 14 and 13, and you got McDavid Scoring at a almost two point per game pace, like you need, you all you need is a bit of depth scoring, and you're pretty hard to stop. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah, I I really hope it goes well for him. Just because you know, I've always been a fan of of his game and the way he plays, and you know, and and one of the biggest things is always just you know. No one will ever understand the feeling unless they're, you know, playing in the NHL or or whatever professional league um they're in. But I gotta imagine for players like that it's just so hard when it's you know, you kinda gotta step away from the game um, you know, for a couple years or maybe even just retire altogether based on, you know, an illness or injuries that just stack up or out of your control, so you know, I got to imagine that thats this is huge for him to, you know, be able to be like, hey, I've, you know, taken the two years off. I'm feeling better. I've overcome this. I'm ready to, to get back and keep playing. And, you know, when I'm done playing, it's going to be on my terms, not, um, you know, due to doctors telling me this or just, you know, my body yeah. not being able to based on something that's out of his control. Uh, so I got to imagine that's a great feeling for him. And I feel like he's going to come and just, Guns blazing, doing anything he can, and uh, to earn that contract. Yeah, and it certainly wouldn't be the first time we saw a player absolutely will themselves onto a roster. So that would be that'd be a good story. That'd be fun to see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, next base one, we we kind of talked about it. I don't know when we talked about it, but we did kind of brush around the idea due to Bergeron retiring that. Um uh, David Krejci is now officially retired again. Um, from the NHL now. So, you know, that's that's a that's just two big blows to Boston there. And and we knew that yeah. that this retirement was coming. You know, we talked about how last year was kind of, you know, call it the last dance or, or whatever you want, you know, with Krejci and Bergeron signing those one year deals for cheap. Um, you know, they 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 did what they they had to do to allow Boston to put together the best possible team to go on one final run, um, you know, best regular season in NHL history, if, if you want to call it that. And it's pretty you know, hard came short to in the playoffs as well. Like, I mean, if uh, you're a Tampa fan, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you view it differently, but. Well, so I, I did before, I, I always liked arguing that Tampa had the best regular season, but they were like tied in wins with Both the, I believe it's the, it was in the 70s. I think it was 73, 74, if I'm not mistaken, Canadians. And then the uh, 97, 98, or some late 90s Red Wings. And all three of those teams had 62 wins. And so they were all like right close. And then the Bruins didn't just meet that, but they went to like 65, I believe, or 64. So it's some now they they kind of separated from the pack a little bit. It's it's hard to argue as much as I hate it. Yeah, but and it's just it's a huge blow for them. Like now it's you know and and I always believe I think the biggest thing is you know having that good of a regular season. um, You know, is probably good as it feels for the players, the fans, coaches, management, everything. I think it's such a curse because I think you get to that you know halfway point of the season pretty much and Boston, you know, they knew uh they were at least in the playoffs. president's trophy was pretty much a guarantee, you know, if they just keep doing what they're yeah. doing. And I think they just felt too relaxed and too safe getting to the playoffs. Whereas then, you know, they go up against Florida who, you know, had to fight tooth and nail from the the you know the trade deadline on to get into the playoffs. And they just they had that momentum. They were rolling, they were You know, every night was basically do or die for them. And I think, you know, for Boston, as good as their team was and all that talent, I think just felt a little too safe. And so, you know, they go out first round and now you lose Bergeron and Krejci. You know, you don't have, you know, they had good center depth, but it was relative to where those guys needed to play. You know, they really don't have a legitimate First line or second line center, in my eyes. And so it makes you wonder if they, you know, look for trade options to try and help fill those voids, if they're just going to, you know, run with the guys they have, if they're going to give young guys an opportunity to take those spots. It, it really puts them in a bit of a, a tricky situation. Such a tough, uh, not only tough division, a tough conference that they're in all around. Yeah, it's uh, having Pavel Zaka as your uh, number one center going into the season. It, it's really tough. And uh, all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're looking like a really good trade partner if Calgary is still looking to trade Elias Lindholm instead of uh, extending him if he doesn't want that. You know, obviously yeah. Boston loves their, their number one two-way center. Yeah. Uh, so yeah we uh we might see that in uh in the coming year yeah i I think if they're going to go the trader out, I think the biggest part of it obviously depends on guys whether they're they're willing to sign extension or if they do or if they make it clear they want out. But I think the most realistic options for Boston going out and getting someone to fill that that void would be either um Elias Lindholm or Mark Shifley are the two that. I think, make the most sense for for Boston. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously it's incredibly difficult to get a number one center or at least somebody who can be argued to be that caliber. So it's it's really got to be a a guy most likely on an expiring contract or a team that's just absolutely having a fire sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know I saw some people online talking about the idea of uh, Logan Couture. To the Bruins? Yeah, but, I, I uh, don't see that. Yeah, I think, I think his contract might, uh, might be a bit too long for N- Not for that. only that, but Couture's made it very clear constantly, even going through the rebuild. You know, anytime he's asked, he's never, you know, kind of, you know, f- turning people's heads, like leaning this way or this way. He's always definitive anytime he's asked about his future in the league, it's, it's staying yeah, in San right. Jose. Like, it's yeah. it's never even the option of, like, you know, we'll see what happens, or, you know, we'll we'll get to this point and see where we're at. Like, it's always just he's committed to being there. He says he wants to, you know, help the team out there, rebuild, ride it out, and he wants to come out um, with them on the other side through it. So, you know, I think, he, he, and even at the trade deadline last year, you know, it, it came out that, you know, teams inquired about him and whatnot, but there was never any traction just because, you know, I think Couture's got a three a three three team team. list, right? Yeah. 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 And I think even if have to to want to go there. Yeah, and I think even if um one of those three teams put in like a, a decent offer, you know, and the Sharks could say yes, because You know, they don't even have to ask Kutcher because that's one of the three teams on his list. I don't think they would because I think they would still ask him like, hey, you know, you're our captain. You've been here for years on end and and whatnot. And I think they would, you know, tell him, be like, hey, we got an offer and it's kind of his call. And I think he would say no. I think he is just one of those guys that it isn't going anywhere and has no problem making with the it same known. team is more important than going in cup chasing, which is incredibly admirable. Exactly, uh, You love to have a guy like that on your team, especially the captain and not. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but it's, it's like even looking at it now, just based off the sharks prospect pool, like next year going to be awful. Like unless Mackenzie Blackwood is all of a sudden, um, you know, just completely turns everything in his career around based on the trajectory it's been going. And with the defense, the Sharks are going to be awful. You know, if they win the lottery or say they don't, but they still finish at the bottom, they get a top three pick. Yeah, you get oh, a, Even a top five pick. I could see them, pick. That, like, that I could see them a having a, a really good team going into next year. And so I think Couture kind of can also see that and be like, You know, I don't, it's not necessarily as doom and gloom as uh, people are making it out to be. Like, next year is what will be tough. But I think they're kind of starting to see that there could be light at the end of the tunnel. And it may not be as, you know, because I I think people don't realize that really the Sharks have kind of been going through this rebuild for, you know, I would say at least three seasons now. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, they, like, they haven't been one of those teams that's literally tear everything down. All your guys, you know, that have been there for years and, and those of your guys are gone. Like, they didn't take that, that road, you know, like other teams did. And, but, but they've still been going through a rebuild for a while. So it's, you know, people are saying, like, oh, they're a good five or six years away. I, you know, call me by I really don't believe that. Like, I think they're... No. It could definitely be turned around by as early as next season. Um, Just based on the guys that they have right now who are locked in and committed and the guys that are, you know, ready to come up. And then, you know, next year, X player you get, I'm assuming in the top five, Will Smith and maybe like a Quinton or some are all on the team. They they, they could be a very, um, not a good, like not a very good team, but they could be at least like a team. Sniffing around a wild card spot um, in two years' time. Yeah, I I don't know about as soon as next season. It it definitely could happen. Uh, Stranger Depends things have happened, but in two to three years, I'd be shocked they're still this bad. Uh, yeah, it would the be shocked next year. Is yeah, is really just you know what they get at the draft next year, and then all these ex players like we talked about the, you know the declare the Ruta the Hoffman the Granlund what happens with them. Um, you know, my assumption is at least three of those four um, get flipped for something. I think the one that they would probably keep would be Ruda, just because the defense is, yeah, awful. Like, we're looking at it logistically, Ruda very well could be the the Sharks' number one defenseman next year. I'd probably still put him as their number two. Uh, so I don't see him being moved. But, you know, the other the other three yeah. guys, whether it's for, you know, players who can be impact players next year or for draft picks of, you know, guys that can, you know, be third or fourth liners, maybe um, just, just lots of options. So um, yeah, not to mention keeping Ruta would thinking definitely help. Whatever go. Yeah. I think uh, help keeping a guy like Ruta as well. Uh, he's just a good shutdown defenseman. So it definitely increases your chances of being able to get a decent return for a goaltender. If you, End up wanting to flip any of the goalies they have because I know it seems like San Jose every year is trading one, two, or three goalies. They're, they're at goalies. one point in the season it's, or another. It's, it's a carousel. It's so like you hop yeah. on for one season at the end of the season, you hop off, and you're, you know, somewhere else. Um, also, with Jan Ruda, rumor has it that he will. Um, Get a chance. I don't know if it's th- gonna be for the the top power play unit or the second, but it sounds like he's one of the guys that um, is gonna get the first crack at being one of their defensemen on the power play next season. Really, that's interesting. When, where, where? What is he? Is he Czech? I think. Uh, I believe so. I'll I look definitely, it up. Yeah. But uh, I I believe so. Yeah, Um, so when he came over... Yeah, he is Czech. So when he played over in the Czech League before coming to the NHL, he was actually on the power play for his team. Like, he was one of the the guys on the the back end of the power play. So he's got that experience already um, doing it. He's a Mm right-handed shot, which, like, is... Pretty much crucial for the Sharks' top power play unit because you've got Kachur, um, yeah, not wired teams, teams by by Eckland, Hurdle, and you know whatever other of those top guys they pick, all left-handed. So it really makes it enticing for Ruda to slide right in, being that right-handed shot. So I, I would give him the nod and say that I, that's why, why like. I think he's going to be such a huge part of the Sharks team next year, honestly. Just for his defensive game alone, the fact he's right-handed, so he's going to have to eat minutes like crazy. And getting the opportunity on the power play, I think, just is going to make him such a valuable player. And, yeah, you know, so not only can you, you know, use him and make him a core part of your team, maybe. He is 33, so it's, you know, I don't know for how many years that could That could go or he just plays lights out in all these roles. And then if they do decide to trade him, you know, his, his value is that much higher. Yeah. If, you know, if he's getting power play one time and all of a sudden Jan Ruta puts up, you know, 40 to 50 points, well, that's all of a sudden great trade, trade asset as well. Um, yeah, exactly. One thing I was, one thing I was wondering uh, with the uh, Couture's three team trade list, if he really wants to stay in San Jose, uh, what do you think he does with that trade list? Do you think he, you know, lists the three teams he'd most like go like to go to, and then tells them I'd rather stay here, or do you think he just, you know, he goes to, you know, he says, uh, you know, uh, Rangers, uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, Toronto, or like three teams that are really cap strapped that he thinks won't be able to afford him? So. Um, I I th- there's not a doubt in my mind that his three team trade list. Um, I'm I would I'm like at least I'm ninety nine point like nine nine a million times percent sure that two of the teams on there would be Toronto and Buffalo. I think there are like at least two teams that he would be willing to go to, because I I wouldn't ever see him in a world list. You know certain teams that. You know, on the, on the mindset of like, oh, they wouldn't want me or they wouldn't be able to get me because, you know, we've, we've just seen time and time again, teams find a way to get the guy that they want. They, they'll, they'll, they find ways, you know, looking right. at um, even just Pittsburgh, you know, going out and getting Carlson or when Vegas went out and got Jack Eichel. I just I, teams find ways to get the guys that they want if they can. And so for him, he, I think he would list the, you know, just being from the area and he, he loves the city of Buffalo. Um, he's a fan of many teams there. Like, I think Toronto and Buffalo are locks for him. And then the other team c- could, could be any other team, really. Uh, so I think those would be his teams. But I think, again, I think it's, if there was an offer, I think he would just be like, no, I just, yeah. You know, I I would I mean if you guys pull the trigger like you guys have the right to there's nothing I can do to really block it, but I think he would just be like I I just don't want to go anywhere and I think the sharks would honestly I think they would honor that and be like, "You know what? Yeah, loyalty is huge, you know, if our players show us loyalty, we're not creating a good environment by just turning and um you know, flipping those guys <laughs> for when for they want to stay." Yeah, exactly. You know, if you've got a guy that's your captain had been there for years and years on end and still, in my opinion, one of the best playoff performers in the league. I don't think you can just turn your back. on. like, I think you, you know, as bad as this contract is right now, I think you gotta, um, just honor that and be like, you know what you're, yeah, you want to be here. You'll, you'll stay here. Right. And, uh, just for our, uh, listeners, uh, We pro once the regular season starts, we'll probably, uh, you know, because I mean, this whole conversation started uh based off of uh retirement. Uh, once the regular season starts, we'll definitely be trying to keep on task more and talk more about uh current stuff. Uh, you know, we kind of let ourselves go on these tangents more because there's not a lot of news going on in the off season, so yeah, you know, right now we're just kind of of streaming consciousness a bit, so yeah, yeah um and then really just the last thing i think that's uh gone on the last week's time you know before we kind of get into the goalie um rankings and a couple other fun stuff uh jeff petrie going to detroit and uh this is one we talked about we didn't know you know whether or not montreal was going to you know keep him uh around and he could be a valuable piece for them moving forward or if they would flip him right away or at the deadline um then there we go they they pulled the trigger and uh shipped him off to Detroit, who, you know, is is looking for for right-handed defensemen. So, and they got their guy. That, you know, I think now you run. I'm assuming Sider and Petrie. Like, that's a really good one-two punch for defensemen on their their power play. Yeah, and uh, he he's really going to boost the just the five-on-five depth that they've got on the on defense, uh, because since Wallman uh, came out of nowhere and was it really hit good with Greer last year. I, I literally earlier today rewatched that clip. Uh, it okay. showed up on my YouTube feed, and I was like, oh, you know I'm watching that again. It, yeah. it's, oh, man, that clip is so funny. The one announcer is just so excited for it. He, like, as they show replays, he just keeps hyping up the celly instead of the goal to the point where the second commentator starts to clearly get annoyed with him.
1: You know it's, what? It's, it's really good. sick though. Like honestly, it, it was. Can sick. you
0: just sit there and like just talk about it for days on end? It was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he, him coming out of nowhere and being a great pairing with Cider opens up Petrie on the second, on the second defensive pair possibly, and that's that's really good depth to add on the blue line there. There, uh, I. I know a lot of people were saying that, you know, this season, uh, the Senators, uh, the Sabres, and the Red Wings are all looking to break into the playoffs. In my mind, I was kind of like, I definitely see the Sabres and the Senators. But I feel like I always felt like the Red Wings were another year uh, away. But uh, after some of the off-season moves they've made, uh, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if they at least challenged for it. Uh, I disagree. I- I, I think they'll be challenging. I, really for it. I don't think they'll get there. I I think, I I think the Atlantics too strong. I think the whole I, Eastern Conference really yeah. is too strong right well, now. But and not only that, like I I really like what for the most part because I made it very clear how I felt about you know bringing in JT Comp for when you've got Andrew Cop. You've you basically got twins. Um but I love, you know, them bringing in David Perron the year prior. Uh, yeah, I really like you know getting to bring in there and having him locked in on a good deal. Um, Clem Costin, I like Daniel Sprong was a really good signing. I don't know what's necessarily going to happen with him, um, given the the allegations going on him right now. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen there, but their defense is just yeah. it's bad. Like it's like like cider. Go, uh, you know, great first year, won the Calder and all last year, took a step back. I think the whole team did. You know, Jeff yeah. Petrie, I think is awesome, especially now getting him in at under 2.5 million, you know, between the, the, the retained from Pittsburgh and Montreal, I think is awesome. But like, so that, that's your top two right there. Your two best defensemen are your lowest paid guys right now. Because yeah. now you've got Ole Matta. Making three million. Jake Wallman making three point four. Justin Hall, three point four. Shane Gossespare, four point one two. I don't know about that. I don't know about that (laughs) Justin Hall contract. And then and then Ben Chirot, four point seven five. Like 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 looking at it realistically, you're rolling, I'm assuming cider first, Petrie, then Hall. So you're paying a third pairing guy three point four. On the left side, you probably go. I'm assuming Wallman, then Schrott, then Goss to spare. Your second highest paid guy, making four point one two five. So, you, like, two of your three highest paid defensemen are probably going to be your bottom pairing guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, it's, and it's and but the, and then even you know, but then you've got guys like um, I, I William. Wlander, I think is how you pronounce it. And then Simone Edvinson, both guys who are, you know, kind of ready to be in the NHL and stuff next year. So you throw those guys in. Well, now, like, you know, you can't really have Goss to spare um, as a healthy scratch you just signed. So do you have Ole Matta making 3 mil and maybe bench Sherrod at 4.75? Like, do you have them now as healthy scratches or...? I, I think that doesn't necessarily hurt them as much as it might a lot of other teams at the moment. Um, I'm not sure how much term the, some of those contracts have and if it will in the future. But uh, right now, some of their best players, like you said, Insider and Raymond, uh, are both still on their ELC. and that's oh, one, uh, one year. Yeah. So that, uh, that'll keep it down for now. I don't know how many of those... Uh, expensive defensive contracts are uh, God's despair is the only one up next year he signed just a one-year deal Hall has three years Walman has three Strott has three and then Petrie and Matta each have two yeah so if uh, if they think they could capture some some magic this year uh, this would definitely be the year to do it or they're going to have to uh, after this year, once they have to resign those guys, they're going to have to completely restructure their defense. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I was thinking of a couple of days ago when I started just kind of looking at their team after the Debrink hit trade. I was like, man, like, this was, you know, just because now Larkin's big deal is kicked in, and then the big ones of, you know, assuming Raymond and Cider can um, you know, get back to what we know they can do. You know, last year, I, I still believe it's just a minor setback for them. You know, they're, they're still young players, lots of time. Yeah, um, a lot of players deals, have a sophomore slump. Yeah, and with their deals, you know, coming up next year, especially if they, they come back and come back strong next year, you know, they're in for some good pay raises. And I think this was just really a year where they had to give themselves a strong opportunity to kind of, make a push with these guys making you know their their entry level money um so I, I think they're gonna be in a you know in a tough spot i think they're really gonna have to try and work work some magic maybe moving out some of those defensemen next year clear up some some cap space but um i will say i am excited to watch them next year and see what they can do but um i i i, I just don't see them you know in the final 10 games of the season, I don't see them being a team we're looking at in the playoff race. Yeah, I think, I think they'll, they won't fall out of it until midway through March. I think they'll, I think they will be, it'll at least look like it's possible for them to compete for, uh, the vast majority of the season. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't put money on it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, um, unless maybe they get some really good goaltending, because they still have Villy Husso, correct? Yeah, and and it is also and, worth noting with them. Um, I'm just pulling up the clause here. So they do have Boston's um, first round pick for next year. It is a top ten mm-hmm. protected pick. I just saw that, and then. Oh, okay, so never mind. So they only have one first-round pick because the conditional pick they sent to Otto on the Debrinkit trade is either their first or Boston's first for next year. Um, oh, okay. Boston, in the event, Boston, retain. Oh, yeah, so then they would transfer the 25. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so they got to send one pick to... A lot of us, so they only have one first, so never mind. Scratch that. But yes, they, yeah, they, they do send, have who is... So are they sending is, the, the higher pick or the lower pick? Probably the... the they, they get the, they the option. Yeah, they get the option, so... I'm assuming... like, I think as bad as Boston's center problem is now, I don't see them being a bottom 10 team. No. I think that I might actually some, be a really see nice pick see for them. them I could see them the be finishing... Yeah, outside the playoffs, but not bottom 10. And, yeah. you know, Detroit maybe picks up an uh, 11 or a 12 with that. Yeah, like I think Ottawa's honestly going to get, like, but, but, I mean, they're going to get a top 15 pick, I think, in yeah. the draft. So, like, that, that is I don't good see a value way for where them. Boston and Detroit make the playoffs. I, I don't see any world yeah. where that happens. No but then again i also put money last year on the bruins missing the playoffs and they yeah. had the best regular season of all time so yeah, yeah. i can't exactly tell the future yeah and and i i will even say you know they they got they brought in james Reimers for backup like that is um you know just watching them in san jose fears I, I was a big fan of them i think the issue was always just the workload And I think that was even an issue we saw before, um, you know, with Toronto and then, you know, a couple of the other teams he went to afterwards. I think it's, he's very good as long as you use him correctly. Like, I think you got to keep him at, you know, 35 games or less. Like, I really think you could do like a, a Huso plays two and then a Reimer plays one and you could run with that for the season. I think that is honestly a very solid goaltending tandem. That, and I think you can get tandem. the most. Uh, you can get the most out of both of your guys there. So, you know, I, I like that for Detroit, but the defense just really, really worries me. Yeah. Do uh, Do you know how much James Reimer signed for in? Detroit? Uh, just Just one year at uh, one and a half. Okay, one and a half. Because I was going to say I I would have absolutely loved Tampa to pick up with uh, Brian Elliott. Uh, I don't believe he's announced his retirement, but I don't think he's got a contract yet. And uh, I would have absolutely loved him to be a backup for Vassie. Uh I was, yeah, I was kind of expecting them, uh, San Jose to trade Reimer at the uh, uh, deadline last year, because he was having a pretty solid season on a, a team so low down in the standings. I was, I was expecting a team to come up. They did try. I think it really just came down to they they just couldn't make a deal work. Like I don't yeah. think it's due to lack of trying or I think, I think I think it's just at the end of the day they're just out of the teams interested. There just wasn't a trade that made sense at all. So or or that could be made. So I think he did have a bit of a higher cap hit last year with the Sharks. Um, but yeah, it, it would have been nice to see him get an opportunity to go to a playoff team last year and, you know, hopefully he can, um, you know, put together something good with Detroit and maybe, you know, night, you know, 1.5 is pretty reasonable. So maybe he can find himself on a, on a contending team looking to fill up a backup role or something, uh, going for a playoff push. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think I don't think you had anything else written down before the goalie list, correct? Yeah, no, I got I got nothing else. I'm blank. Uh, I just want to. There's not much to talk about with it, but uh, just a quick congrats to Kale McCarr, the next uh, NHL EA Sports NHL cover athlete. Woo woo! Uh, Nice to see it not be a Toronto player this time, I guess. Yeah, but uh, I'm honestly just glad they they picked a defenseman.
1: Yeah, he, I mean, it makes. it's, sense. Been, it's he's, like he's a always going
0: forward. Yeah, like it's just it's always been forwards lately. Um, I, I honestly, I really want to see a goalie cover again. Like I really Uh-oh. do. I I was hoping so for about, so that. bad at right after Vasi won the con Smythe, yeah, yeah, and we had our back-to-back cups. I, I was really hoping that so it, if, Vassie if uh, would get it. say next year. For the next NHL, and they do a goalie for the cover. Who who do you think they would pick? I think I think it would. Uh, there's a really good chance it would be Vassy, just because he's he's getting to that point where he's almost got that carry price effect around the league of just like he is. Uh, unless people have a different opinion, he is a very uh, default answer for who is the best goalie. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't. They like with Kale McCarr and stuff. They they love. Promoting the the young guys, the next generation. So I would not be surprised if it was a, a Sorokin or a Shosturkin. Yeah, I think if I think if they did it, I think it would be Shosturkin. Um, yeah, they love I love that they really, Rangers logo on the front. Say, I really think. Honestly, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I think even if you had Sorokin on the Rangers, I think it would be him then. Like, I really think it it it's it's got a lot, but at least between those two. I think it's it got a lot to do with what logo is going to be there on the cover. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a large reason why... Uh, that would be my their pick back, would back be years, got. Anyone on the cover? Yeah, I think, I think they just don't see as a, you know, a team from Florida being, being the fun, sexy idea to put on the cover of your game. You know? That's why Toronto had uh, you know, Matthews on the cover like two years in a row or whatever, or two times in three years or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be shocked in the least if next year, unless Bedard has like an insane breakout season, um, I would not be surprised at all if it was Jack Hughes. Yeah. Yeah, that, actually, yeah, that, that would be a very good pick. Um, I, think, I think he's going to be in a lot of NHL advertisements going forward. Yeah, he is, he is fun, he's young, he's exciting to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: would, I just, I... Yeah, I was really hoping we were getting a goal on the cover because it would have been 10 years since we got Broder on the cover of NHL 14. Probably still, in my opinion, the, the best NHL game we've gotten from EA Sports. Like, that one was... Was peak, um, but I think I think fourteen was really good, here. if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. But they kind of blend together over yeah, time. Yeah, four, because fourteen was like the very end of, um, it, it was at least like the last all in. They went on NHL game for the now. It's it's the really old consoles like the PS3 and Xbox 360. because um, for NHL 15, like they did have the the classic version for for those consoles, but they really put all their focus in. Actually, I think fifteen was honestly just updated rosters and basically just a complete copy and yeah. paste of fourteen. Um, yeah, because the tension went it was very similar. NHL fifteen and the the next gen consoles that came out. So yeah, and then we never even at the the end of um, you know, the Xbox One and the PS four. Like we didn't get that final like fully. Published good, just game that we got before with NHL fourteen. I, I don't even know what the last one was. Like maybe NHL twenty one, twenty. I don't know, something like that. But we just we never got that same final game that was just complete and was just perfect. Um. Yeah. But fuck um, a goalie. It would have been so nice to have a goalie get on the cover again. Yeah, I, I'd love experience. to see Vasi on there. Did uh. Other than Brodeur, do you know of any other goalies that have been on? Like, did Lundqvist ever get on? Did Carey Price? Um, like, I feel like Carey Price might have, but I so don't remember that far back. Um, I wanted, for some reason, it's probably not true. I don't think it's real. but in my head, for some reason, I I recall um seeing
1: Nabokov on a cover.
0: So Kirk McLean was on NHL 95. He was kind of in there with um, Alex Kovalev. NHL 97, we got John Van Beesbrook. So those ones are pretty, pretty close together. Uh, um, and these are all just, these are like, just the, um, the EA Sports. Like this isn't 2K at all, right? Because we're not focusing I, on 2K right now. Even though the old 2K games were sick, they were they were great. Um, I wonder. Yeah, I think a guy like Jack Hughes is most likely to get it next year, unless uh, a big name wins the cup. You know, if Edmonton wins the cup, it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be a. You know, either McDavid or McDavid and Dreisaitl on the cover holding the cup. Or if the Penguins win it, it'll probably be Carlson, Crosby, Mulkin, and Latang all holding the cup or something like that. Yeah. Who? Uh, okay, quiz time. Quiz time. Um, who, if you remember, who was on the cover of NHL 09? Oh, 09. God, that is... Eleven that was, was I... eleven was was Taves and ten was Kane. Oh nine, well, you are telling me that it's Taves and Kane. So is it like? No, you got none. Do the Blackhawks. It, I'll just okay. let you know in case you, you thought it might oh, okay, be those yeah. guys. Yeah, no, I, I was just oh, okay. too. So I don't know if you were if those guys were coming to mind at all. God, I mean, what what was happening in oh eight? Uh, I mean, Ovechkin just had a nuts year in '08, but I don't know if they're kept going off the '07 season, so maybe it was like maybe it was like Solani <laughs> with, the, with the ducks. No. No, I, I don't know. Ginla? And, and oh, NHL007 was OV. Lacavie was '06. Eric Sadal was 08. You you ready for NHL 09? I'm trying. I can't even think of like a grind. I don't know. Chris Grattan.
1: He's he's like, wearing the flaming sea.
0: The flaming sea. Is it uh, Damon Langkow? It's Dion Phaneuf. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say that's it such a Lang-cow. bizarre one. Like I get I it. Mean, like he was elite he back was, then. But like just scrolling was through, I'm just like, time. I'm just like, fuck, man. Like just comparing. All the guys on the covers around him, like yeah. Stamkos, Taves, Kane, and then Eric Stahl, Ovechkin, Lecavier. Like I'm just like, fuck. It's just A who's it's who kind who of the odd one, the first, one out, or you know, people in the at the least in the hall, the very good, as people call it. Yeah, that's um, that's like when you're looking at the Calder winners. It's like superstar, superstar, superstar. Steve Mason. Like yeah. So, to go outliers. back to what started the whole um, thing here. So, really, only twice since, what was the first one I said? NHL. Was it 94, it, did you say? Ni- 91. 95? So, we've only ever gotten even two. there's games two... that lit early. We've only ever gotten two covers that actually feature just a goalie. Like, there was a couple in the, the, very, the early 90s that had, like, it was, like, an action shot with, like, a couple players in a goalie but like to have Every just the goalie a be like yeah exactly so to have the goalie be like just the focal point was uh van beesbrook in 97 and then we didn't have anything until uh broder in 14 so really only twice as a goalie had the sole um cover so f- for all we know could be could be a little while longer before we get a goalie again on the cover I'm going to need to see these goalies step it up. You know, maybe, maybe if uh, Jake Ottinger strings together a few good years or something, you know, they'll throw him on there. Okay, I'm going to send there's, you some right now. There's a lot of good young goalies in the league, which is nice to see because I remember about three years ago, it was like, it was all the old guard was just retiring and it was a bit of a wasteland. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to the defenseman or the goalie rankings here that everybody's been waiting for i'm gonna send you yeah. something quickly here i just because this thing i'm looking at just shows all the nhl covers and whatnot this is crazy like i know it's well like now 10 years ago but like that does not look like Giroux on the cover of of the game like i just i can't see jeru in that not even close like i know it was a, a little a while ago but i'm just like man looking at all these other ones stamkos Taves, am I crazy Kane, or does that look more even or like a couturier couturier yeah that's what i'm thinking right like it doesn't look exactly like him but it looks a lot more like him than it does Giroud. yeah like that's not even the same face shape <laughs> like that's... all these everybody else just looks the, the same identical to what they look now that's just it does not look like Giroud one bit it's crazy but, hey, that's what Philadelphia does to guy. That's what Gritty does. Speaking you know of what? Gritty, Grimace, did you ever try Grimace um, shake when they were out? I did not. I did not. I, I didn't, didn't either. Lie. It I, bugs me. It bugs me. Maybe, maybe they'll do them ne- again next year. Maybe they'll just start doing it every year. Oh, yo, speaking of which, I'm not going to say where. I'm not going to say where, just because – the place already has a bad enough rep as it is. Um, but so it was like a week after. Or I, yeah, honestly, it was, it was probably a week after the Grimace Shake came out. Um, where I live, there's a McDonald's, uh, or at least where I live half the year. The McDonald's that's like just down the street from where I was. Yeah, uh, that, I, that I went to, you know, that like if I was ever going to one, like that was always the one I went to. It was like a week after the Grimace Shake came out and they have like a little sh- they have like a little shed just oh, out, um yeah, behind yeah. I think you already place. You, you did tell me about this at one point. Yeah, and they thing. just they just found a a body in it, which is like super sad. But it's like it was just you can just imagine the stream of comments online after that news comes out yeah. just after the Grimace Shake. And that was already the running joke about the grimace shake. Um, yeah. But anyways, those, those like, that TikToks was so off topic. Great. That like, was so were... off topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I just had this uh, idea, like, right now, live. Uh, so oh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Don't, don't, know if, don't know if this is going to come to anything. But uh, we just uh, made a, a, a Twitter and a Instagram account. Uh, for the podcast and uh, maybe maybe we'll make a a special uh, episode that like we'll post on a Monday or an extra day or something and it'll just be us uh, recording recording like a bunch of shorts in a row or something that we'll then post on there yeah we just even if it's you know it's like uh, even if it's similar to the uh, quiz style that we do but just like a lot more fast and off the cuff. Yeah. Something, yeah. something like that. Sweet. It'll be like, um, be like one of those videos where uh, the guy runs up and it's just for a dollar, name a woman. And the guy starts freaking out. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just run up to you with a camera and a mic and be like, name three left wingers. Um, fuck, three left wingers. Robertson. One uh panarin kaprizov boom there we go you you actually get put on the spot like that it actually is tough well yeah, that's why it's so funny because when it, when they run up to people and they're like you know they say something as obvious as name a woman or sometimes they'll be like they'll be like say a word that begins with the letter t and they just like can't do it it just like stun locks your brain when somebody runs up with a mic or something pterodactyl <laughs> um okay I taking a drink <laughs> all, all, of, all of that aside um goalies um right. we're just gonna do 32 to 1 starting at 32 uh for anyone who didn't listen last time do you want to just give them the breakdown of what this is yeah, so we got a list here made by uh, you slash homicidal penguin on uh, Reddit. Uh, they post on the hockey subreddit, and basically it, uh, give, it uh, goes on. And so he did centers, wingers, defensemen, which we covered uh, last episode. And then this time we're going to cover goalies. And he also did one for GMs and coaches that we might get to this or next week. Uh, but yeah. it would, you'd go on there to answer who you think is better. And it would basically come up with two of them. You know, it would, it would come up with uh, you know Vasilevskiy and Shosturkin. And so you would yeah. just click on who you think is better. And then it would go to the next one. And it would just show up with two goalies. And you'd click who's better. And you can do this infinitely. There's no limit on the voting. And it just calculates over everyone's voting who has the highest percentage of being picked. yeah, And so... Each of these got around anywhere from sixty to 90,000 votes. So there's obviously not that many voters, but there's still probably a decent amount to get that many. I don't know how many people are psycho enough to put in like 30,000 votes on their own. But yeah, uh, yeah. so this is not, uh, not the end-all, be-all list, but it's a decent indicator of where people think these players rank. Yeah, um, it's also just, like, it's very blanket. Like, it's who, it's who is the best. So, you know, it might be, you know, who has been... I, when I voted, I did it based on who I think has been the best over the past three seasons, because I think consistency is important. But, yes, you know, and people, actually, so... Some people might just go off their last year. So, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of people just voted Allmark every single time he came up because he was incredible for Boston last year, but yeah, some people might not. Um, so once we get to the top 10, I've actually put down how I would rank them. And I'm curious to see. Oh, you did some homework. Yeah. I want to see how they match up. I want to see. I'm probably going to get like, I bet I'm going to say right now, before we get into it, I'm going to get three. I gonna get three, right? You're going to get three of the top 10, right? Or like in the the right right position. position? Yeah. In the right position. Yeah. I was going to say, I would hope you'd get at least like, I don't know, seven or eight of the same answers. But uh, yeah, in the, in the right order, it's uh, probably a lot harder. I, th- I know for a fact that there's some of them that you would uh, disagree with, uh, just going off of what I think you would put some guys at. But, uh, you know, the top five is pretty predictable, at least for who's there. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've, I've got the top five right. I just don't know what spots are going to be in. Yeah. I think, I think I had very close to the same rankings, but I think a lot of other people uh, uh, were, at least a loud amount of people were disagreeing. Yeah. But uh, we'll get there. Uh, so we're starting at 32, right? We didn't want to go through the yeah. whole 64. Well, I mean, we can go with 60. Honestly, fuck it. Yeah, let's just do coaches and GMs next time. We'll let that one build now. Let's just do goalies from the very beginning, because I'm curious to see what teams have like both their goalies like below the 32. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, when I was doing this, there was a decent amount of names that I just like either didn't recognize at all, or at least didn't know what team they were on at this point. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, number 64, uh, definitely, I would not put him this low. Oh, who's but the bottom after, of the barrel? After this, Jordan past Bennington. Season, I definitely get why. Jordan no, Bennington. He did not no, get 64. He, Jordan. No, but Jordan Bennington is a lot lower than he probably should be because I'm. Enough, I just assume a lot of people just spite didn't pick him, which is kind of hilarious. All right, I'm curious. I'm curious who this is at the very bottom. Wait, 63 is Brian Elliott. Who do you think placed below him? Well, it's got to be... I feel like it's got to be a young goalie. It's, like, no sample size. Uh, you would be wrong. It's Cal Peterson. Oh, sh- holy shit. He was supposed to be the face of the LA Kings in that. Now he's literally the bottom of the barrel. I feel like I feel like that's not fair to that's him. Re- that's like, I'm not going to dive to him because, like, this is already 64. But like, I think it's recency bias, and I think a lot of people are taking his contract into account. I, think yeah, it's I mean, he got sent down to the minors at one point throughout the season because, who was it? Was it Phoenix Copley? Yeah. Came up and kind of took his spot. Like, if, he, if Peterson was making like a million dollars, teams would be all over him, I think. <clears throat> yeah, It's just his contract. He's not the only goalie uh, that is fairly low down on the list, mostly probably because of their contract. Yeah, Jordan Bennington. Uh, uh, But anyway, so yeah, like I said, 63, Brian Elliott. 62, uh, Charlie Lindgren. Okay. Uh, 61, Alex Stalock. 60, Connor Ingram. Yeah. Uh, 59, Martin Jones. Yeah, fuck, he had a a fall from grace, man. Damn, he was second in his heyday, but like that... I mean that is fair. Like I love Martin Jones, but like that is fair to put him there. Yeah, and it being fair to put him there is why I thought it was so crazy a couple episodes ago when we did the trivia on the uh, goalies in the past. Like what was it? The past six or seven years with the most wins. Yeah, and he was he was up there. Like yeah, he had, he, he had a fall. He was racking him In he had a fall. Man. He's going to be in the HL next year. Didn't he have a bit like of a resurgence last year? Age. Like he wasn't great last so, year. No, he, so no, like, so he he did, cover. but like it was only for like eight games, and then he yeah. still had to play like another twenty before any of the other guys got healthy, and he just got like ragged. Just get like chilled. he got put through. Yeah, um, we got time. I'm curious now. What was what? what I'm gonna look up what his final numbers actually were. I got them right here because he started off actually pretty good. I was like damn it's so good to see him get back and I'm like ah oh, fuck here he is he's back um so he he actually he played 48 games which is his that's most amount of games. played that's, in a that's season that's the most he's played since the 2018-19 season where he played 62 with the sharks um he went 27-13 and 3 so actually pretty pretty decent Three shutouts, a 2.95 goals against, and an 8.87 save percentage. Oh, 8.87. I thought he posted at least a 900. So it's That's like tough. when you put him in, you knew you were going to win like two out of three games. But it was going to be like a 5-4 a win, a 6-4 win, a 4-3, 5-3, three, three, whatever. Like you knew it was going to be, you were going to have to really outscore your opponent. Yeah. type of thing. Um, and that's uh, not what you want to be thinking when you put a goalie in the net. Yeah, a guy so who's I love Martin Jones. Forty-eight but, games. Yeah, probably going to be in the the AHL next year. Probably off the list next year. Uh, fifty-eight. James Reimer. Eh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you do it like two, three years ago. He's probably maybe a bit higher when he, um. At least his first year with first the Sharks, he actually was pretty good given what was in front of him. But yeah, last year he struggled. So that, that is fair to put him there.
1: Uh, 57, Chris Drieger.
0: Yeah, I think that one's just, again, recency bias due to him being injured. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I definitely saw some talent when he was in Florida. I was disappointed when he did, didn't do too much. In uh, Seattle well, at the start i was I was I'm, pissed I'm off because it was it, it, that was basically like a shoe in from the moment the Kraken were like a thing, it was like they're going to get Chris Drieger now, like Flores got Bobrovsky, and they have to protect him because of his claws. and it's like they also got Spencer Knight coming up, so it's like Dreger is gone, and I thought he was going to be the starter for Seattle and do great. and then in free agency, they signed. Grubauer, and and I was just like, well, shit. Now Dreger's a backup; like he's, he he can't be a starter because it's obviously Grubauer because they're paying him the the big boy money and whatnot. Yeah, he and came then, off of a Vesna finalist year that year. Yeah, and then I, I Dreger got injured last year, came back, went down to the AHL. I don't know if it's because he was still just wasn't fully healthy, or uh, I believe it was Joey Decord was the guy who was just playing out of his mind. But, you know, Seattle's AHL team went all the way to the finals and lost in Game 7, actually. And Drieger was the backup. Like, he wasn't even the starter for their AHL team in the playoffs. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, he's really kind of taken a fall just over the last 12 months alone. Yes, Hopefully, we uh, can see him bounce back, though. Uh, how are we doing for time on the episode? Do we... Uh... Do you want to speed through to maybe at least until, like, 32? Like yeah, just start, just start kind of rapid-firing them. Yeah, rattle off a, a couple, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, once we get to each team's bona fide starters, we can yeah. go more in-depth. Yeah. Uh, so 56, Scott Wedgwood. Uh, yep. 55, Phoenix Copley. So we've already got yeah. two kings on there. Well, uh, oh, I guess, yeah. Well, I don't know. What do they do? Oh, uh, never mind. I, 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 uh, <laughs> 54, Matt Murray. Wow. Another, a, another fall from grace. Him and Jones yeah. battling it out. 2016 Cup Finals. Now they're fucking yeah, shitters wow. on the same team. Shitters together. Both both good and he's guys. Not, so. And he he put up decent numbers this year, I believe. He just didn't play enough games because he was yeah. so injured. I think he played yeah, around always, 20. Yeah. Like, dude's just, yeah, always injured. It was just tough. Yeah. Uh, 53, Kevin Lankinen. 52, okay. Peter Morazek. 51, Dan Vladar. Wow. Poor Vladar. Yeah, I think, I think you could, he could make the argument to. Move up it's because he plays bit. on Calgary. Let's let's be real, but, though. Yeah, they they got. It's because he <laughs> plays for Calgary. Yeah, their God, their luck was just abysmal this like like, All the stats probably said they the the top be decent. 20. Yeah, and Vladar could have easily put up the same numbers as Swayman on that Boston team last year. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn, poor uh. guy. Just cracking the top fifty, uh, Casey DeSmith. All right, newest, newest Montreal Canadian. Uh, Forty nine, Akira Schmid. Could could go up next year. Could go down. Yeah, he had a really good playoffs, didn't he? Yeah. At least For the most the part, first when round. they won, he was he was on. But when they lost, like it was, you you could blame him. He was getting chilled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forty-eight. Sam Montembeau. All right. Uh, forty-seven. Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, that's crazy. He's above Capo Kakanen. That's nuts. That's crazy. Uh, I don't see him on uh Kakanen on here. But then again, oh I'm doing this on, he this, didn't even make scrolling. the list. I'm doing this on screenshots, so he might be. Higher, I, up. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's not even in top 64. Uh, 40. Uh, what did I do? Blackwood 46, Alex Nedelkovic. Okay, yeah, that's fair and for him. I was, I was part of the people that I thought Stevie Y fleeced the Hurricanes by getting a goalie who in his rookie year put up numbers like that, uh, for a third round pick, and he is just not done anything close to that since. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 45. 27 now. He's like, man, the opportunity's kind of yeah. gone, it almost feels like, which is tough, but yeah. he's with Pittsburgh. He'll be a backup next year, so maybe he can throw together something. Maybe. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, who knows? It's, <laughs> Pittsburgh's definitely had uh, goalies with injury issues in the past... Almost decade at this point, so. Yeah, should have kept flurry. Uh, forty-five
1: Yaroslav Halak. Okay. Uh, Sorry, Halak. Uh, forty-four Jonathan Quick. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, forty-three Laurent Brossois. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, I don't really is. Do have any issues about these rankings. 42 Capo Kekkinen. Damn, dude. Dude, he fleeced people. That's crazy. He should not be that high. <laughs> like I usually yeah. give goalie's benefits to that's like man, they're on a shit team, but it's like It depends what really you're like in. like And I'm and I'm a big goalie guy. Like any Any goalies I have so much respect for, and, like, I I just love them. But with him, it's just, like, he just, he doesn't give anything for me to want to rally behind him and whatnot. Like, I had high hopes for him at first, but I'm just like, man, like, give me 35-year-old James Reimer. (laughs) The Reimer Minister of Defense. Yeah, literally. Dude, the Sharks are fucked. They don't have the Reimer Minister of Defense back there. That is, that is such a top-tier nickname. That is. But that, that is so high for Kakinen, but good for him.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: 41, Anton Forsberg.
1: Wow. And for, for the top
0: 40 here, this is where you start seeing names that are uh, often either starters or like guys that are like very genuinely good. Like these guys, I don't see too many of them falling straight out of the league. Uh, anytime soon, unless, you know, uh, some of them are a bit older, Uh, injury-prone. But uh, number 40, uh, Pyotr Kachetkov. Okay, good for him. He he has a very small sample size, but I am surprised to see him that low, because he had incredible stats this past year, didn't he? Like, wasn't he, like, (laughs) fairly close to top of the league in shutouts, even though he only played, like... Like twenty to thirty games. I honestly, like, I'm pretty sure he still had like four or five shutouts. I can look it up. Actually, fun fact: um, he is one of the pieces technically that Carolina got in the Jeff Skinner trade when they sent Skinner to Buffalo. Uh, one of those picks was used on him. So there's a, a fun fact. Um, he put he got he got four shutouts last year. Yeah, four shutouts. How many games games played? Uh, 24, yeah, four so, shutouts that's... in 24 games. Like, that's every, every six games, he's getting a shutout pretty much. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty damn good. good. Pretty good. I mean, you know, like we said with um uh Nadelkovich, you know, maybe maybe that's just a benefit of playing in Carolina because they do have an incredibly stacked yeah. blue line, but still, and good defensive forwards, even, yeah.
1: Uh 39, Jake Allen. Alright. Uh 38, Jack Campbell. Yeah. Uh
0: 37, Cam Talbot. Okay. Yeah. Thirty-six. Yeah. Who do you think's thirty-six? Thirty-six, um Varlamov. Oh wow shit. That was bad. That was bad. That was a bad guess. <laughs> that was a fucking bad guess. Jordan Holy shit. 36. Yeah. Fuck, I should have guessed. Yeah, fuck. That's outside high though for the, him. Out, That's high. Is it? Outside the top 32. That If every team Good, got to a redraft of all the goalies, he wouldn't be a starter. Who's, who's St. Luce's other goalie? Oh, I don't even know. I don't know why they traded Huso for this guy. Like,
1: I'm trying to Instead think. Of the is, is there a
0: possibility players? that St. Louis's other goalie got ranked higher than Bennington. Who's other goalie? Oh, Malcolm um, Suban. Maybe he's not even on the list. I was going to say, I haven't seen him yet, but I mean, never mind. Okay, so Bennington, all right. A little high, but it's not terrible. Uh, That's 35, Devin Levi. Wow, good for him. Probably going to go up, but come next year. Uh, 34, Pavel Fransuz. Yeah, Franzouz, Franzouz,
1: Franzouz, I think. Suze.
0: thirty-three. Uko Pekalukinen. That's a little high. Yeah, it's definitely. I de- could definitely see it going up later in his career, but uh. I think I think Levi will be higher next year. Yeah, probably. But I think, I think I think they're gonna have to. Move uh, Look in just because yeah, I think, he, I think he definitely could be a starter somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I do see him getting moved. I honestly wouldn't be surprised come the trade deadline next year if he goes to San Jose. Like, I, like uh, the, the goalie carousel is just never ending there. Yeah. The next I would say all three of these next guys in the top 32 uh, are too low. In my opinion, okay. uh, maybe not th- number thirty-two, just because of the year he just had. But I believe he's better than that. Okay. Uh, so thirty-two, Elvis Merzlikens. Ooh. Ooh. Can I? I definitely think he's better than that. But I mean, yeah. On Columbus, he just got demolished this past year. E- exactly right. It was rough there. Uh, Thirty-one, Karel Vemelka. Too low. I would have him top twenty. Yeah, I would say. I'd have him like. I probably have him like the, the seventeen. I would say. Yeah. I put him I, right around there, in between fifteen and twenty. I think. Because again, just too small yeah, of a sample yeah. size, but like in that sample size, it is pretty dang good considering what team yeah. he's on, the numbers he put up. Like. Yeah. yeah every that's, once in that's a while, I would tune into an Arizona game, uh, and he would just be getting shelled every time. And he would be, the, if it was ever a close game, he was like, it was either him or Clayton Keller keeping them in it. Like, yeah. He was, he was stealing them games. I'm surprised they didn't trade him just because he was single handedly tanking their chances at getting Bedard. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, like, you've got a goalie that's got some skill that wants to be in Arizona. I don't think you can afford to trade that's, him. That's very true. I think you got to ride of with the guys that want to be there. I think a lot of people overestimate that a bit. I think, I think there's a larger-than-people-think amount of guys that do want to play in Arizona. Oh, uh, I agree. Whether that's, whether that's because it's Arizona and it's just a good spot to live, or the org, is entirely up for debate. But I do think yeah. it's a, I think there's less people putting, putting it on their no-trade list than uh, the internet would have you believe. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I just saw Matt Dumba willingly go there. Like, it was yeah. only a one-year deal, but still, like, you know, a guy that kind of should be in the prime of his career, had a bit of a step back, like, still decide to go there. Like, Clayton Keller, one of the best young players in the league, um, is committed to staying there. Like, they – yeah, people want to be there, so. But Vimalka should be higher. Yeah. That's a tough uh, 30, one. Vili Huso. Yeah, I'd have him a little higher. I'd have him, like, right around 20, I think. Yeah, 20 to 25. Uh, 29, Spencer Knight. Okay. That's that's not, that's not terrible. I'd maybe have him a little bit lower. Yeah. He, just because uh, he was kind of supposed to be the guy, and then... He hasn't, uh, he hasn't quite yeah. put it together yet. But goalies can take longer to... Yeah, to exactly. But, like, it, I'm, I'm not like, outraged by him being there, because he, he is very good. Yeah. I could very well be Florida's number one guy again next year. Like, it is a possibility. Yeah. At just a quick glance up the list. I don't see anybody at this point that I would argue, like, should not be in the top 30. Okay. Like, these, these guys are all, at the very least, pretty good. Uh, but uh, 28, uh, Vitek Vanacek.
1: Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven, Stuart Skinner. Yeah, that's a good spot. Twenty-six,
0: Logan Thompson. Oh, okay. That one's interesting. Uh, yeah. Twenty-five, Philip Grubauer. Grubauer. yeah. Good for good for him for bringing it back because, uh, man, yeah. that first season in Seattle, it looked like he was just gonna fall off a cliff and just like disappear out of the NHL and in a season. Yeah. So it's uh yeah nice It was really season. starting to He's- look like he always just was one of those guys that benefited from a good team in front of him. So it was good to see that you know he proved he can kind of carry the weight load for the team when need be. Uh 24 anti ranta. Oh okay. Uh 23 Tristan Jari. Wow I didn't think Jarry's gonna be
1: that low. I was going to be you more thought would, You thought he'd be
0: higher up. Yeah, I thought he'd be kind of around the fifteen spot. Wow. Okay. I wonder if people. I wonder if there's a decent amount of people that are still uh, down on him from his playoffs. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That is a few true. years ago. Because I know a lot of people were, were really annoyed at him then, but uh... yeah, he's been he's yeah. been pretty consistent whenever yeah. he's been able to stay healthy. Uh, twenty-two, Semyon Varlamov.
1: Yeah, well, that's a good spot. I don't hate that one.
0: Uh, twenty-one, Philip Gustavson. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's right around where I would put him, just because yeah. you know I think come it's next year. It's a sample size, but yeah, like, he was really good in those games. He was stealing games to, for them. And that's the thing is like as good as he's playing, it's hard to run with him for the most part when you've got flurry there that you brought in and whatnot. So, you know, I, I, I mean, two years time, like he could, you know, if, if he keeps kind of going the, the path he's on, like we, we could be mentioning him in the top 10 conversation. Like, I think he's got that much just skill right now and potential and upside that like he, you know, if he keeps going the way he's going, he he could easily start to get up into that top 10. Yeah. <laughs> these, uh, these screenshots were taken. Uh, uh, I took them one of the other days when we were recording, I think. Uh, but they, they're taken about an hour later. So I was just looking at my phone, and I thought it was way later. I thought it was like, oh, yeah. I thought it was almost 1 o'clock. I was like, what the hell? Uh,
1: 20 is Aiden Hill. Okay.
0: Well, obviously recency bias there, yeah, but not not un, unearned. No, no, definitely not. Uh, Nineteen, Jonas Corpasalo. Yeah, I I think that might be a little bit high for me, but uh, yeah, I, I, would I mean too much lower. Yeah, he, he, I, he's in that area. Yeah, you can make the argument for bumping him down a couple. Uh, that's not 18. terrible to have him in that area, at least. No. Uh, 18, Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay, there he is. Yeah, that's a good spot for Fleury. Yeah. I think now just because, again, it's just team. not getting that high sample size, so... He's, he's not, like, a, a, a true number one carrying all the weight load, so... Yeah. I feel like there's a huge shift uh, from 18 to 17. Just, like, the past three guys we've named, Fleury, Corpus Allo, and Hill to the next three. Okay. Uh, 17, Carter Hart. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, 16, Darcy Kemper. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. And
1: 15, Alexander Gorgiev. Wow.
0: Shit, okay. Yeah, they... Uh, it really feels like it goes from a lot of guys that are kind of the the 1B or the 1A on teams to the bona fide starters real quick there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 14, Jacob Markstrom. Markstrom, a 14? Oh, okay. He's, he's still holding on to some of his street cred. Good for him. Right. I, uh, I really hope he bounces back because, my God, it was, just, it was just gut-wrenching to watch him at times last year. You know, he'd, he'd be, play so good and then he'd let a goal in with five seconds left and it would just like ruin his play the rest of the game. Or yeah. he would, you know, he would, he would let the goal in on the first shot and it would be a, like a def- defenseman shot from the blue line and you could just tell he was just, it was just ruining his night, night in, night out. Like, yeah, he's, he's clearly better. We know he's better than he played last year. So I'm hoping to see him bounce back. Yeah, lot, along with basically the entire team. Yeah. Uh, 13, Freddie Anderson. Wow, shit, okay. No fucking shot John Gibson's in the top 10. No shot well, we'll he's see. in the We'll, top we'll 10. see. Uh, let me know as soon as we hit any of your guys that, are, that you have in your top 10. Well, that, was, the point where that was Anderson right there. I was going to say... Yeah, that's why I asked. I was gonna say I'd I'd probably have him right on the right on the cusp. Yeah, I, I had him at ten.
1: So there's there's so definitely a the
0: uh, a couple guys there that I think are a little high. Uh, number twelve, Elias Samsonov. Okay, yeah, that's. I mean, he plays for the Leafs, so I kind of expected he him to for the be high yeah. up, but. I would. I had some, a good year last year as well. I'd have him back probably around twenty. I think still. I think I might have him a bit lower, but I I'd, I'd probably have him around the. I don't 16, think you 17. can put him. I don't think you can put him lower than Gustavson or Flurry or Kemper. Or uh, higher. I, start. I, de- I, I definitely should be lower. I definitely have him lower than Kemper. Uh, I think I might have him higher than Flurry. Gustavson is so hard to tell. You know, the the quality of his starts versus these games yeah. played. It's hard. It's hard to rank him. Uh, yeah, I think that's um, just a little too high. But hey, I'm so always no, open to be being proved wrong. Uh, number eleven, just outside of the top ten, Sir John Gibson. Okay, good because like he's been so bad. Like I know he had good years before, and the Ducks were like a playoff team. But like he is just, he has not been yeah. near what he used to be. So he he shouldn't be in the top ten. So I'm I, anywhere so outside denied, the top ten man. is okay. Because he was so good before, but the team is so insanely ass, especially on defense. It's so hard to gauge him, you know, it's like, yeah, he's as good as everyone says, you know, surely he put up one season in his past three or four where he carries them to a couple wins. But, you know, maybe you could argue, you know, maybe they're a 30 win team and he is carrying them to some wins, so. And so that, that was 11. So I'm just looking at it now. So I've got nine of the top 10 in my top 10. And it bugs me because I know exactly who the other one isn't. And he shouldn't be in there. Is it Jeremy Swayman? Yeah, Jeremy Swayman. Yep. He should he, not be top 10. My liking. He should not be top 10. All right. Uh, as we go, I'll give you one guess for each, uh, each spot. Okay, and the number one, 10 I had, one? number 10 I had, Frederick Anderson. But like, it's obviously not him. So I'm just going to guess Swayman then. Uh, number 10, Thatcher Demco. Holy fuck. Swayman is not top nine, man. This is crazy. I, I don't know how you put Swayman above Demco. Demco yeah. is, man, Vancouver's got some underrated players. Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, and Demco all yeah. constantly getting underrated. So nine, nine is, is where I had Demco. So I was off by one. So Swayman nine. Swayman is nine. Okay, he is nine. Okay, so I did. Get, I got the top eight right at least. I I got the right guys. Maybe not the right order. Nine is way too high for Swayman. Yeah, and so that's so Demco and Swayman are uh, ten and nine. Demco got seventy five point one four percent of uh, the yes votes, and Swayman got seventy five point three five. So it was it was pretty close. It was, okay. But just like a goalie that's only played 88 games in the league, I don't know how you can say he's top nine. And he's always been on a good Bruins team. <laughs> a, a very good Bruins team, especially in the past year. Uh, but uh, you got you to gotta guess for number eight. When I, feel like my, I know I feel like the All, where I have Allmark is going to be wrong because I feel like they're going to have him like fucking top three. Um, eight, I have Bobrovsky. Eight is Sergei Bobrovsky. Oh, okay, I got one. I got one. We're cooking. We're cooking. Yep. That's that's where I would that's where I, I think he fits. So I I'm, think I think I'm that's okay a good with spot. That. Personally, I think I would probably have him at nine. I think I would have Demko at I eight. did flip flop between the two of them and I honestly just put Bobrovsky just because of recency bias with the playoffs and whatnot. I just figured people would give him the the, the slight advantage. But more That's often fair. than not, I would, I would put Demco above. All right, uh, number seven. seven uh, seven's where I have Allmark, and I feel like he's much higher. What's your guess then? I'm guessing my pick is that I put down is Allmark, but I'm guessing it's going to be Jake Ottinger. It is Linus Allmark. It is Allmark. Okay, so I, so I got it right, actually, with my pick. I thought yeah, he was going to he- be a bit higher. After yep. Swayman was big, fucking big nine, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. All right, I'm cooking. I got two in a row. Um, six, six. Number so six. six is where I had. I have Ottinger. Six is Jake Ottinger. Okay. Okay, we're cooking. I got three now. He's got, he's got his finger on the pulse of the community. The top five is where it, it could all fall apart, though. You're not getting number five. No. I don't think so.
1: Damn! But, wow! But
0: Someone's getting shafted. I have five is where I have UC Sorrows,
1: but I think you're
0: about to say Hella Buck. Number five is Ilya Sorokin. Holy shit! That is bad. That is bad having him at five. I I would say it's bad, but looking at the quality of the top five, I think the top five <laughs> are a grit, a good jump higher than Ulmark and Ottinger. I think those five are on a tier of their own. And I, well, I definitely would have uh, Sorokin probably higher than five. Uh, I can see really any ranking in the top five between those guys. At least the arguments can be made. I can see the arguments, but it, it just, no argument can make me believe that Sorokin is not the second best goalie in the league. Potentially even the first. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Okay. I'm I'm shocked by that.
1: So, five
0: is. So, four four is. I have Hellebuck in there, but I feel like now it's probably Soros. Number four is UC Soros. Fuck. I'm actually. I might not get another one right. Um, Damn. And I just want to point out here uh, Ottinger, Sorokin, and Soros at six, five, and four, 87.55. 87.68 87.68 and 87.75. They were all oh, very close to yeah. each other. People people are high on Ottinger.
1: Which is very fair, but yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. So uh, three I, three I have shumberkin. Three. 3 is Igor Shusterkin. Oh shit, so I did get that one actually. So then 2 is Hellebuck and one is Vasilevsky, then it has to be. Yeah. Hellebuck at two and Vasi at number one. Okay, so uh, what 91. I got. One point two five for Shusterkin and 91.65 for Hellebuck. And then 93.89 yeah. for Vasi. Okay, so I, got, so I got five right. The top five, I had Soros five, Hellebuck four, Shusterkin three, and then uh, Sorokin uh, two, and then Vasilevsky one. Yeah, I, I figured you would surely get the top 5 at least being the top 5. Yeah, yeah, uh, those two I, I knew, those, those I five knew were easy to get at 5 I wouldn't get the order, right? Yeah, fuck that's that's shock. Again, I I think it kind of goes back to what we said, I think if he played on the Rangers, I think he would easily be put in at that number 2 spot. I think I think he just but needs I think to play more games play, at this point. I think that's. That she played I the majority I, of the games last year. I, I I'm just talking career wise. Like like I said, I do. Uh, I was doing it based on a three year sample.
1: I guess. And, yeah. So
0: I think I had Vasilevsky, Hellebuck, Sorokin, Shusturkin, Saros. Okay. Um, Which are, honestly, even and even I'm I wonder if that's care. what a lot of people did because Hellebuck has also, just like Vasi, has been elite for minimum four to five years. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm it's definitely so- not. Like, I have no complaints with Hellebuck being in at number two. I think yeah, that that is a you know, very, very fair team for him. that uh, does not have a very strong defensive presence. Their blue lines, you know, all right, but their their forwards do are they don't have very many two way guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as, as a Lightning fan and a Vassi fan especially, it's, it's very uh, fun to see, you know, Ottinger, Sorokin, and Soros are so close in their numbers. And then Shesterkin and Hellebuck are super close in their numbers. And then, like, 2.5% higher than Hellebuck. Vassi's kind of still got yeah. a bit of a lead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, the clear-cut guy right now. Yeah, but uh, people are starting to throw... You know names like Sorokin and Shisterkin and Saros in there, and uh, I mean that's the first time anyone's really challenged Vassi for uh, best goalie in the league in the in the last five or six years. So, yeah, you know, it's it's been a while since it's nice to see goalie goalie conversation start that can be made drumming it up. Yeah, which is which is yeah. good for the league, though. It it shows like, yeah. you know, which is crazy. It, weird, it was they kind of up. in, yeah, they were kind of in a weird spot for a couple of years where it was like. You Know, carry Price is kind of gone now. Lundquist, quick, like, Lundquist, kind of those Pecorine guys were like, yeah, Pecorino was old, the other the one. The old guard really dropped off, and it took a couple of years for any new guys to show up. I know yeah, when, it was, uh, it was pretty much just Hellebuck and Vasilevsky, and that was just yeah. kind of it for a couple of years. So, yeah, when Shisterkin had his incredible season, uh, two years ago, uh, you know, because I always like looking at goalies over the last couple of years. And so when yeah. people, after that one year, were saying, you know, Shusterkin's the best goalie, I was, I was kind of like, everybody pump the brakes for a second, you know? there's Yeah, that's, there's, a reason, you, crazy. there's yeah. a reason. There's a reason we haven't had a 60-goal uh, score two years in a row uh, since, like, the early 90s or whatever, despite, yeah. you know, Ovechkin being insane and whatnot. Like, it's, it's hard to put up insane numbers, like, two years in a row. Like, yeah, exactly, you know, right. Um, yeah, that was the, the list of the goalies. Um, I think we're going to save the kind of be going for, for a little bit here. Um, the coaches and GMs next time, um, uh, Brayden, anything you want to kind of add here before we sign off for this one? Uh, no, I think I'm good. That was a, that was a fun list to look through. I, uh, I was surprised reading through, you know, going from like 32 to 20, you can, you know, they're all on a relatively similar level, and then at one point it really shifts from, you know, fringe fringe backups to to the one A, one B guys and then to the bona fide starters. Yeah, yeah, honestly. It was a good it was it was a good change between the kind of the, the tiers of, of goalies. Um But yeah, uh, thanks to everybody for listening and those who support us and we will uh, catch you guys in the next one.